This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about five things that every woman should know about investing. I think that this is a very important topic uh, for a lot of reasons. One is because there's a distinct difference in the way that women tend to handle their finances and their investments over their lifetime. And two, there is some level of financial inequality that still exists between women and men. And financial equality and financial independence are very, very important for women. Um, I think that Women who are looking to build wealth, who are looking to build a life of prosperity and abundance, need to have some critical investing knowledge and skills, as well as a strong mindset in order to be able to build the financial independence that they are looking for. So one of the things that I wanted to dig into a little bit was why there are some special things about women when it comes to women and investing that differ from just everybody. So first of all, there's a lot of reasons that um, their rules are a little bit different for women. One of them is because women tend to make less money than men. So there is still a pay gap. There is still some inequality in terms of wages. So that can include discrimination in pay, in recruiting, in promotion decisions, and also how women's pay is affected when they actually take leave to raise families, take care of families, and things like that. So the upshot uh, is that women typically only make about 80.5 cents for every dollar a man makes. But for younger women, and this is a good, great statistic as far as I'm concerned, For younger millennial women, the gap is smaller, but it's still real. So they're traditionally right now making about 90 cents to a man's dollar. And that is information that I was able to obtain right from the New York Times. Now, if you don't believe that, if you might be thinking that they earn less because they're working in lower playing fields, that's not really accurate. Even women who earn doctorates are still making about 75% of what their male counterparts are making. So there's an inequality, there's a gap when it comes to women in terms of what they earn. Now, why does this matter when it comes to investing? The reason that it matters when it comes to investing is because if you make less money, then you have to save a larger portion of your money in order to create the same level of wealth or retirement abundance for yourself that your male counterparts might have to. And that's why you hear people like me talking about the need for women to have a strong understanding about what's going to work best for them when it comes to creating the financial independence in their life that they are looking for. So Another thing, though, that I want to dig into before I get to my tips and strategies is some good things that I've uncovered about women. There was a recent STEM Connector report that found that women actually earn, on average, 12% higher returns than men when it comes to their investments. And I thought that was fascinating. So maybe that will help kind of close that gap that has been created by some of the pay inequality and the mommy years taking off time to raise families and things like that. So 
Why? Why is it true that women on average are seeing a higher rate of return when it comes to their investments than men? Well, for one thing, it's about their risk tolerance. And a Wells Fargo Investment Institute study found that 16% of men identify as more aggressive compared to just 4% of women. So it's not that everyone manages their money the same or not that all women manage their money the same. But what it is indicating is that women tend not to make really, really aggressive investment decisions that can oftentimes lead to larger than average losses. And so their more moderate, more moderately aggressive stance overall tends to pay off more in the long run, according to that Wells Fargo study. So that's good news. Another thing that women tend to do is they tend to have what are called integrated financial goals. Integrated financial goals means looking at their life as a whole to set the goals for their investment. So they're looking at their career, their family, their need for self-care, their finances. They're looking at all of those things. They're not just looking at them in a siloed or segregated approach saying, I have to beat a benchmark over here. They're saying, how does the money integrate with my life so I can set a goal that makes sense for my life with this money? And this is driving women towards more meaningful financial goals that are tailored to their life circumstances. And that, according to the Wells Fargo study, is a contributing factor to the longer-term investing success of women. And then the last thing is a relational approach. So women tend to form relationships more connected to how their money is being managed than men do. And what that really translates to is that they tend to rely more on getting professional help and establishing a team of people to help them make their decisions. Rather than being driven by the processes or the results themselves, the women are more relationship oriented with their money and with their professionals. So they're seeing their big picture, which is essential in developing the strategy. And they're assembling a team to help make them make the investment decisions with them to strategically work them together. So that's another contributing factor that the Wells Fargo Institute study is suggesting is pushing towards women outperforming men when it comes long term to their investments. So let's hope that the outperforming helps offset some of the negative effects of some of the uphill battle that women are facing when it comes to their actual investing. Okay, I promised when I started this talk that I was going to talk about five things that everyone should know, every woman should know about investing. So I'm going to dive into the very first one and talk about that. So the very first financial strategy that every woman should know when it comes to money and investing is that you must maintain your own financial identity. Now, what I mean by that is you need to have your own stuff. While it's great to have joint bank accounts and that's all well and good, I would highly recommend that every woman have their own bank account, at least one of them. Whether it's a savings account, whether it's a checking account, I highly recommend that part of maintaining and establishing your own personal financial identity is having your own bank account. Now, you certainly can contribute to the family with it. You certainly can utilize it to pay bills. What you do with it is up to you. But having one, maintaining one in just your name is a key component to maintaining your own financial identity. 
Now, along with that, part of the reason that I'm so adamant that women have their own bank accounts is because I also think women should have and establish what what I call a getaway fund. (laughs) And I know that might sound kind of funny when I say that, but there are so many times that unfortunately women are unsafe or their children are unsafe. And you may be in a situation like that or you may know somebody who is. Having your own bank account with enough money in it to get away from an unsafe situation at any point in time is the sole purpose of having that getaway fund. So I very, very much recommend that people have that money there and have it established so that they always have the financial ability to flee to safety if that's ever needed. Now, another thing that goes along with maintaining your own financial identity is having your own credit. So one of the things that we see frequently, especially when people are married, is that you'll have joint credit cards. And what a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes that joint credit card is really only establishing and building a credit record in the primary cardholder's name. So if all of your credit cards are in the primary cardholder's name of your spouse, then all of that credit card activity is not really going to build your own credit history. And should you ever want to take out a loan or should you ever want to get a credit card of your own, should you go through a divorce or maybe you've lost a spouse or something like that, you may have trouble getting credit if you don't have your own credit history. So part of establishing and maintaining your own financial identity is making sure that you have an ongoing credit history that is building as you move throughout your life. So I would recommend that everybody go out and run their credit report and take a look at what's on there. You may be surprised at what's actually missing, or you may be surprised to see what you might need to correct or try to fix. You may also be pleasantly surprised to see great information on there. I don't know which way this is going to go for you, but what I can say is that reviewing your credit, making sure you have your own credit, and making sure that things are added to your credit history on a regular basis are extremely important for women to make sure that as you move through life, you can have access to credit or loans when it's needed for whatever purpose in life you need that for. Okay, the next tip and strategy I have for women that I think every woman should know when it comes to finances and investing is this, be involved. So um, especially in the older generations, I see women who are not involved at all in the finances of their household. It might be that you're not involved in the day-to-day. It might be that you don't have any idea where, where the investments are or what they are. But unfortunately, I see, especially in the older generations, women having a complete lack of involvement in the finances. And this is not a good idea for a variety of reasons. One and and definitely one of the biggest reasons is women have a tendency to outlive men. So eventually you're likely to be the one that has to deal with the finances. And if you don't have the first clue about what you have and where it is and when and how much you have, there can be some nasty surprises that happen when all of a sudden you are in a position of having to take over the family finances. So being involved means things like knowing what investments you have. It might mean 
going to a review with a financial advisor and at least once a year understanding what the investments are in your family and where they are. It means having a relationship yourself with that financial advisor so you feel comfortable and confident calling and asking questions. Being involved for some people might mean writing out checks for the bills. That's a good thing. Uh, But I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm just saying it's one way to be involved. Another way to be involved is to really make sure that you're clear with your partner, your spouse, or the other people in your family, that when it comes to big financial decisions, that your voice needs to be heard and that you have a seat at that table while decisions are being made. Um, It is no longer something that is considered acceptable for women to just sign on the dotted line and not be aware of what financial transactions she's actually um, agreeing to. That used to be the way many things were done, but that's no longer an acceptable way to do things. You're going to want to make sure that when big decisions happen, you understand them, you understand the impact to them, you understand what you're signing, and that you have a voice and a seat at the table in that decision-making process. So be involved. whichever, Whatever way being involved looks like for you, be involved. Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named three years in a row to the 2020 Forbes list for Best in State Wealth Advisors and Top Women Wealth Advisors. Okay, welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, where we're talking about five things every woman, woman should know about their investing. We talked a little bit about why women are at a disadvantage when it comes to finances and investing. And we talked about some ways that that disadvantage is being made up because of the natural tendencies when women are dealing with their own investing. We talked about how important it is to maintain your own financial identity and to be involved in the financial decisions happening within your household. The third tip, the third strategy I have that's speaking directly to women is this. Don't set aside your retirement savings plans because of children's educational needs. Now, I know that your heart might go pitter-patter when you hear me say that, but here's the thing. You can get a loan to send a child to college. You cannot get a loan to live on when you're retired. That's not how this works. So building your retirement savings plan before a child's educational plan is considered a foundational approach to investing. It's kind of like the idea of putting your own uh, oxygen mask on in a plane before you put your kids on. (laughs) You have to make sure you're taking care of yourself and your financial future before you mortgage all of that for your children's education. So if you haven't already had conversations about that with your partners or your spouses, then this is a good time to think about doing that. Um, And savings for kids' educations is a great idea, but not, as I said, before retirement. So looking at what type of retirement savings you can and should be doing is definitely a priority. And then child college savings is a secondary priority from a financial standpoint. You know, when you think about it, 
it's really easy, especially when your kids are young, to just be caught up in the day-to-day, you know, life, right? We're so busy running kids around. We're so busy managing so many aspects of other people's lives as a mother that we start to, you know, easily forget about ourselves and our own financial future. And we think, oh, I'll, I'll think about that later or I'll, I'll worry about that later. But even if we're worrying about that later, we tend to still put that child's education at the top of our savings plans. And I'm just suggesting that retirement should be your first priority, not childhood savings or education savings for your children. Now, one of the things that you have to remember when it comes to retirement savings for women goes back to that earlier conversation I was having about the disadvantages. So to end up with as much retirement savings as a man, a woman must save nearly twice as much of her earnings during her working life. Why? Because number one, She's likely to spend fewer years in the workforce because of what we call the parenting penalty, where women tend to take time off from their careers differently than men to care and raise younger children. She's also likely to make less money when she is working because of the gender pay gap. She also will tend to be a little bit more cautious when she invests, which we have already kind of talked about. But The other kind of double whammy with this is that a woman's life expectancy is greater than a man's. So their savings actually has to stretch out over a longer period of time. So that is why retirement has to be a foundational investment decision for you. It's why you have to keep your eye on the ball and stay focused on that. And after you feel like you've got a good chunk saved for retirement or that you've got a good healthy percentage of your income saved for retirement, then start focusing on educational needs for your children. Then start focusing on pushing money in that direction. But don't let the college savings override your retirement planning itself. Okay, the next strategy that I have for women is this. It's not enough to just save money, you have to learn how to invest it. So women can be very good savers. Women sometimes are good at stashing money when people aren't even looking. But your money is not likely to grow or multiply unless you have a strong investment strategy behind it. Just having money stashed in the cookie jar, under the pillow, buried in the backyard, or right now even in a bank account where rates are so low is not going to create a growth strategy of any level for you. So one of the best things that you can do as a woman is just to familiarize yourself with some basic investing concepts. Learn about some of the more contemporary investment products that are out there. Develop a relationship with a financial advisor you trust who will explain things to you in a way that makes you feel more confident about the financial decisions that you're making. Now listen, if someone is explaining something in a way that leaves you feeling stupid, they are not the right advisor to be talking to. Partner up with someone on your financial advisory team who gives you a boost in your confidence level and who understands your goals, your objectives, and your needs when it comes to your overall financial and investment planning. That is so very important. Okay, the last tip that I have, the final tip of our five is this. 
for women is to lay a strong insurance foundation. Now, women tend to have a feeling of wanting to make sure things are are uh, set up in a way so they don't have as much risk. And I think that that's a really good thing. It's just kind of a natural extension of most women's personas. So making sure that people in your family and your household have some level of protection from an insurance standpoint is really critical to boosting that financial confidence I was talking about earlier. So when I say lay a strong insurance foundation, I mean in multiple ways. Of course, you want to have things like your car, and your home insured. Your earning power could very well be your greatest asset. So it's important to make sure that you have disability insurance coverage. And when it comes to protecting the income stream for you or for other breadwinners in your family, having a good life insurance strategy in place is going to help protect the household in the event of an unexpected loss of that income stream due to loss of life. So when I say set up a strong insurance foundation, I'm talking about looking at the broad insurance scope out there and starting to plug the gaps that could create financial havoc in your life if a certain event happened. So having that strong insurance foundation is a key part of financial and investment planning for women to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row and they have minimized or mitigated some of those risks to the best extent that they can. Okay, we've talked about a number of strategies. Now let me just recap. Number one, maintain your own financial identity. Number two, be involved in financial decisions in your household. Number three, don't set aside your retirement savings because of children's educational needs. Number four, it's not enough just to save. You have to learn how to invest. And number five, lay a strong insurance foundation. I hope these tips and strategies have been helpful for all of you women out there listening. Share them with your daughters, share them with your friends, share them with your mothers and your grandmothers. I hope this has been a valuable listen for all of you women out there. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The word is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. 
There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.